and, and Jello desserts. We're going to invite um, Devin and Jen back up to the stage here, and we'll begin our question and answer period. Um, before we start the question and answer period, I would just like to make mention of the next SACPA talk, um, which will be on money, power, and poverty, what harms are done by those at the top of society versus those at the bottom, and your speaker will be Larry Elford. So um, if I can ask anybody with questions to, to line up at the mic over here, um, we'll ask that you um, make your comments and questions brief, because I'm sure many of you want to get your questions in in the next half hour. Thanks. Thank you. Whoa. <laughs> Thank you very much, Jennifer and Devin. Devin, for uh, your presentation. I'm sure many of us in this room are shocked that this continues. And um, I just have a question for you. As I was a chartered psychologist in the province of Alberta, and you were casting aspersions on psychologists. The term psychologist, especially in all the provinces and in Canada, is reserved for people who have uh, at least a master's, if not a PhD, have studied and passed numerous tests, and can only call themselves psychologists when they are registered with their professional society. You also mentioned that the CPA, the Canadian Psychologists Association, <coughs> Uh, has come out against conversion therapy. Therefore, it would be against the um, registration of a psychologist to be doing conversion therapy. Um, it, this would be part of the ethical standards. So if a, if a psychologist is involved in this practice, they should be reported to their society, and each province, as I mentioned, has one, and they also belong to CBA. Um, if they are calling themselves a psychologist and are not a psychologist, they should also be reported. The term counselor is not, is not regulated, so anyone can call themselves a counselor. But if it is truly a psychologist involved in this, they should be reported because it would be unethical. Thank you. Yes, uh, we're hoping that the Alberta government also uh, changes legislation to force counselors to be registered. We do have a short list of psychologists and psychiatrists that, based on things on their website and whatnot, make it pretty clear that this is what they do. We know the majority of licensed psychologists and psychiatrists do not engage in this and do stand very firmly against it. However, when we're talking about reporting, which is the answer, right? It's a matter of reporting the people who are torturing uh, queer people in the country. It is not without its risks. So if somebody, particularly a child, is being forced into conversion therapy and they are suffering through this, they are already being told that their family hates them, that Jesus hates them, that everything is against them until they become straight. And so you're compounding psychological abuse um, on top of shame and fear, and it makes it incredibly, incredibly difficult for people to stand up and speak out. We do have uh, both experiences of people standing up, speaking out, and coming to us and other members of our community for support and resources. 
and I don't know the answer to that. I don't know how to create an environment that allows people to safely, confidently, and comfortably report these things. And I think we do have to rely on the larger community that when we have these suspicions, or we have knowledge that this is going on, that we do stand up and protect the people who can't defend themselves. That's what this legislation comes down to, is defending people who can't do it. Um, but oh yeah, you're right. <laughs> Hi, my name is Lorraine Fitzgerald, and thank you for your talk. I'm just wondering if you can speak to some research that was done on um, being born with a chromosome or a gene, I'm not sure which, that sort of indicates your orientation. Yeah, no, it's becoming widely accepted that um, being a queer is, is a matter of how you were born. Um, as far as the, the scientific side of that, uh, we didn't prepare notes for that today. Um, but uh, no, that's, you're, you're born who you are, and part of what conversion therapy is, is rejecting the fact that um, it's okay to be queer, uh, which in its own right is, is homophobia. My name is Mike McKaig. Uh, I, I understand that, that uh, this is going to be a very difficult uh, law to enforce once we, we get it, um, because <clears throat> how do we how do we know uh, what the counseling is if the counselor stops calling it gay uh, fixing sort of thing? I wonder if you can comment at all on what the successes have been in the provinces and or states and countries where this legislation has already been passed. Uh, do you have any anecdotal uh, information about how that's worked? You know, it's interesting, the, the, the lack of information that comes out. And a lot of, particularly when we're talking about provincial bans, it's having a show of solidarity and support, letting you know, the queer community, our community in Alberta know that the government and the people of Alberta stand with us. And so it does increase uh, willingness to speak, to step up, to defend yourself. And it creates more safe spaces and opportunities for people to escape these kinds of things. I don't know what Malta looks like and I don't know what their legislation looks like, but the optimism here is that with criminalization, uh, it will start stripping funding from these nonprofits. And then even though it's hard to regulate and it's hard to stop, we don't know, you can't just bust in with a bunch of caps and on the assumption. But if we can start cutting down that funding and start kind of not necessarily shutting these places down, but cutting them off from the funding that allows them to provide these services, then we should see great changes. As well, I'll, I'll add to that. This is part of the reason that it would be referred through the Justice Committee to look into to these type of things. Um, and as well, we understand that conversion therapy is a bit of an underground practice. Um, we don't foresee that changing, even with um, having that added to the criminal code, um, but it will give uh, youth or, or minors or people close to them more options to report it and um, more consequences for it. Uh, hi, I'm Jan Langford. Yeah, thanks for your presentation. My question was along the similar lines because I'm wondering what the provincial law will say and how it can be effective in dealing with this very complex issue. Um, you know, there are other other laws in place. If a child's being beaten by their parent, that's that's a criminal offense. If they're being forcibly confined and taken somewhere for therapy, 
then that's under the criminal code. But then you get into the family dynamics about how do you report a parent, you know, and, and family violence is very complex. So what is it in these provincial laws that's going to be an avenue for actually uh, addressing this other than uh, a show of, um, you know, support or, or uh, you know, sort of saying this is not a good thing. But what's the actual legal uh, instrument that's going to be helping people here? Uh, it's, it's more a show of support. Um, it's, it's taking that funding away provincially through, through health and, and things like that. But this is why we need, uh, realize that we need that federal ban um, because there is so much that's lacking in the, the provincial ones uh, as far as actually getting the practice to stop. So I agree wholeheartedly with that. Um, and uh, the more support that is shown across Canada for it with the provinces and, and areas that have banned it already, will continue to help the momentum of the, the So federal. just if you could speak a little bit to what kind of funding is not going to be allowed because um, if removing funding can be an avenue for you know decreasing the practice but I'm not sure how that'll happen. So the big thing with funding is, and sorry, I'm trying to find my, oh, I thought I hand wrote them. I did not. The, uh, you know, so that's some of those tax numbers we were talking about earlier. So if we're looking at this one particular organization that I referenced earlier, if there are allegations of uh, conversion therapy and exorcisms being performed at this organization, it has been reported, an investigation has been done, then that organization loses in the area of forty dollars to $50,000 a year of funding from the government, just right there. Um, and then when you start looking at donations, you're gonna see a decrease in donations as well from people who think they're donating to a good organization and then finding out that they're actually supporting the torture and rape of queer people. Once you start cutting that funding off, it has profound impacts. It makes it harder to gain that ground. And if you're looking over this particular group's records, there is one year where they received absolutely no government funding. And so there's a lot of question as to why, what stopped that. And then when you start looking to, so this particular org, uh, the entire staff left, and it's an all new staff. And so where did those staff go? And if you have reports that you know, the staff at this organization at this time were performing conversion therapy on minors, you can then follow those folks that were performing it to their other organizations and start cutting those off at the knee as well, financially. Um, we're all excited to hear what the Alberta government is going to put forward. We actually, we know it's happening. We just don't know what it's gonna look like yet. So it, it's exciting. And then waiting to, to see federally. And once we have these bans in place, we can start working on fine tuning them. And as things change and progress, um, both in ending the practice uh, and in the changes that those performing the practice go into, then we can start working on further legislation. Uh, I'm Trevor Page. Uh, conversion therapy is something that, I, uh, something that I'm totally unclear about rather like your slides that I'm afraid I couldn't read. But I think I heard you say that Jeff Carlson is the point person in city council and $40,000 is being given to an NGO that provides um, uh, conversion therapy. Is that correct? And could you elaborate on that? Is this a city council allocation 
to an NGO? Um, so first I misspoke. The uh, government funding is actually in the sixty-two dollars to $72,000 a year. I just confused my columns. So it's uh, definitely higher than the 40000 So the FCSS, the Family and Community Support Services, is an Alberta government grant that is provided to municipalities to spend on organizations providing services in support of the community. So this org that received $62,998 last year uh, through the FCSS grant through the city of Lethbridge, Jeff Carlson does sit on that. Um, I cannot imagine any world where Jeff Carlson knows what this organization has done historically uh, and would knowingly and willingly be giving them funding if he knew. So this isn't, this is just a fun fact I learned last night. This is in no way disparaging to Carlson or to city council. Uh, and you don't know what you don't know until somebody reads the tax returns, right? Well, I'm glad you've told us. Thank you. Uh, Bev Trainer, uh, I just wanted to do a piggyback on, on the FCSS uh, question before I present mine. Uh, the Family and Community Support Services, I'm not familiar with them here in Lethbridge, but I'm familiar with them in another city. And they have... Uh, to have people present to them multitudes of information in regards to what it is they're spending their money on before they ever get it granted to them. So I don't know where the lack of information or knowing comes from, but where I was involved in family and community support service in another city, you did not grant any money to anybody that you knew you, you had to know what it was they were spending on, it on, and you got information back from them about how that money was allocated. So I don't know what's happening here in Lethbridge, but that's just my background. But that wasn't the reason I came to the mic. No, um, <laughs> and it's very simple. People lie. So this organization go. is very clearly, we're providing counseling services, we're providing services to the community. They don't but I, have I'm to. surprised how yeah. they could get away with that. Oh, yeah. Well, so that's, that's just where I'm coming from in regards to that, because where we were at, it was monitored. And there was, there was you, you couldn't get away with, anyway. Did you have a? So what's the question? So my question, my question is, is there a program uh, that looks at educating people about why people are gay? Because... I see and hear so much of people's fear that comes from not knowing the biological aspects of being gay. Yeah, I can speak to that one in uh, here in Lethbridge. Um, of course, pride is a very visible uh, display of. Uh, of course, Pride is a very visible display of the, the queer community, uh, but we do have other groups like Outreach uh, Southern Alberta that do provide Queer 101 training. Um, a lot of businesses have requested them come in and, uh, and give that talk and uh, help people come to uh, a better understanding of, of that. Are you able to speak to the biological aspects of why people are gay? I, I didn't prepare for that at, uh, at this time. I think that would be a big public service. Okay. <coughs> I'm Mary Shillington. I'm a retired clinical social worker. When I came back in 95 to look for a job, one of the places I heard was hiring was Crossroads. 
I went there. And when the executive director informed me that one of my jobs would be that if somebody came with sexual orientation issues, I was to help them change so that they were heterosexual. And I said, oh, okay, I'm in the wrong place, I'm leaving. And so I never worked there. Uh, so I guess my question is, with your information about the money going to the various organizations, and one of them I suspect is Crossroads, uh, what can we do, or what do you intend to do, to make sure that City Council knows about that? Uh, first, again, it comes down to reporting it. it. It comes down to speaking out, and when people confide in us that they are experiencing these things with whoever they're experiencing it for, reporting it. With this particular information, I, I found this out quite late last night, and I do feel bad because I feel like I've just kind of thrown Jeff and City Council under the bus here. Uh, so I will reach out to them, and I will have a conversation with them. It goes into, during the last municipal election, there was a call to have a lot of organizations audited for monies that they were being received, so I think there will be a push for that as well, and then continuing to look into the organizations that we know uh, there's one big church group here in town that funds a lot of this, and so tracking where their donations are going and doing the research into those. It's time-consuming, it's labor-intensive, and it's incredibly easy to follow down some really weird rabbit holes on the internet. Um, but it's got to be done, and so we're going to have to sit down and town by town, city by city, have people engaged in this process who are willing to do that research and to do the outreach. And then we have to rely on community members to talk about what they're experiencing and what they've witnessed. So it really is, it's a team effort. I, it's going to take everybody to get this really controlled and shut down. Mark, <clears throat> sorry, Mark Edel is my name. I just wanted to mention before I ask my question that uh, about two or three years ago, National Geographic published an excellent issue on this and really explains the biological aspects and all the research. And anybody who's really interested, I really would uh, suggest that they uh, try and find that issue. I'm sure it's in the library. It's excellent. And it really has a lot of surprises that I read when I found out all the genetics involved and all the different aspects of this. It's just absolutely amazing. Anyways, my question to you is um, there must be a perception that this conversion works because otherwise people wouldn't do it. I'm just wondering, are you aware of any research that someone has done and published in a peer-reviewed journal that really follows through and tries to find out what the perceived um, success rate or lack of is? Do you, are you aware of any of that and, and what were the results? Uh, not, not so much that I'm aware of. It's more the Canadian uh, Psychologist Association, things like that, coming forward condemning it uh, and condemning the practice as, as ineffective. Uh, most of the, the other uh, side of that, uh, Exodus uh, International and such, um, of course have their, their own stories and, and things like that, but to my knowledge, those have not been peer-reviewed. I think peer-reviewed is always the, uh, the hitch and the giddy-up, because <laughs> there's research all over the internet, but none of it is science or good or peer-reviewed, so. We have time for a few more questions, if anybody else would like to approach the mic. Terry Shillington, thank you very much for your presentation. You, you, one of your asides uh, generated some lively discussion at our table, and I just thought I'd, um, I'd invite you to say more about it. Uh, we heard you say that in the, the petition is around um, 
uh, applies to youth, but that your own personal bias is where that you would like to see it banned for adults as well. And some of us at the table uh, had difficulty imagining in a democratic society how you could, you could uh, uh, enforce, uh, restrict adults in terms of how they want to work at these things. And knowing uh, some tight religious communities and uh, how, how very uh, uh, powerful the pressures can be, um, we can imagine some adults choosing some of these long shots. Anyway, how would you how would you justify enforcing what kind of remedies or pseudo remedies adults choose? Uh, and you, you you nailed it on the head there. It is our bias. Um, we're not campaigning for it for for everyone. Personally, we feel that people should uh, be able to accept who they they are uh, and and things like that. Uh, but as far as trying to campaign, um, we're only campaigning to have that uh, for, for minors. We, we want, uh, it's Canada, we're trying to stand up for people's individual rights, and uh, we realize that as a consenting adult, if that's something you want to put yourself through, then mm -hmm. that is, is fully within your rights. If I could clarify my question, please. Uh, I, wasn't asking, uh, I wasn't asking clarification about what the campaign is about. I heard that. I was inviting you to comment on your personal bias and to explain how that would, could be justified in a democratic society. Frankly, it can't be. There is absolutely no point in time or history where either of us has the right to tell an adult what they can and cannot do. Um, we wouldn't campaign for it, we wouldn't try, we have our opinions and feelings. Um, but we would never try and impose our will on an entire nation, especially with legislation that can be repeated in the United Kingdom and Australia and other nations. Our personal bias is very simple. People should have the freedom, the comfort, the trust, the love, the support, and everything they need to be who they are. There should be no caveats to that. There should be no you know, disrespect to, to Jesus and everything he stood for to control somebody, to turn them into something, to make somebody else happy. We should be allowed to live the lives we want to live as the people we are. So that's our bias. But uh, you'll never catch us trying to tell an adult what they can and can't do. Hi, my name is uh, Knut Peterson. Thank you for coming to SACPA. Uh, my question relates to religious bias in uh, terms of conversion therapy. Are there any religions particularly that believe that conversion therapy is uh, the way to go? The Lutheran school, uh, or the Lutheran church came out very publicly a few months ago stating that conversion therapy is totally their thing. Uh, we know that the evangelical church are heavy funders for it across North America, as well as the Dutch Reformed Church. There was actually a schism in Wisconsin a few years back when one chunk of the Dutch wanted to love the sinner and not the sin, and the other half wanted to continue performing conversion therapy. Uh, the Mormon church has actually taken a complete step back from conversion therapy and is reportedly no longer performing it because they too love the sin and not the sinner, as offensive as that is. So mostly Dutch, Lutheran, and uh, the evangelicals. Hi, my name is Dylan Hargreaves, obviously related to Devon. Very proud of you and what you're doing, uh, both of you. Um, and I, my question that I wanted to ask was how 
people like myself and everybody in this room can be more involved in spreading awareness about this. Um, a related side note, there's um, a movie called Boy Erased that's being released tomorrow. I don't know if it's in Lethbridge or not, uh, with Nicole Kidman about this subject that I had the opportunity to see in Toronto at the International Film Festival. Uh, that was very well done. Um, so whether it's taking people to see that, but what are any recommendations you have besides just sharing the petition about having those conversations and raising that awareness about pe with people who might not be aware at all? Yeah, it, it really comes down to education. Um, I think even just at the beginning today, by, by show of hands of who knew about it and who knew it was still going on, there's that disparity where that connect is not being um, as widely made because you'd think in uh, in 2018 that this wouldn't be something that's allowed to happen in in Canada or the United States or Great Britain or Australia, but it is. Uh, and uh, with that, it's a matter of helping educate people as well as uh, pushing your your elected officials to to get legislation in the works. We need people to become aware that it's still happening and then to to actually do something to fix that. And I know particularly Devin, but both of us are also always available. So if you have people in your world who have their doubts or questions or concerns, want more information, want a copy of the frequently asked questions that YQRL created, you can always put them in touch with us. We'll always talk to people at any time with any questions they have, um, especially Devin. <laughs> he doesn't sleep as much as I do. All right, so we're nearing the end of our time here, but there is time for another question. Are you aware of uh, any municipality that has, uh, besides the one mentioned in the paper, uh, is, it, is it something that municipalities can actually uh, do anything about? I think it's, we haven't looked specifically into municipalities, uh, definitely cities, uh, anywhere that's doing, uh, providing licensing as far as businesses and, and the such can put those restrictions in place much like the city of Vancouver did uh, and, uh, and ban it that way, which still limits um, where it can be provided, uh, doesn't outright ban it, but it's, it's a step in the right direction. Uh, Brooke Cully, thanks for your presentation. I'm just a little confused as to how this is going to get on the floor in the Alberta legislature. Is there a government bill coming forward, a private member's bill, or how exactly are we going to see that roll out? We'll find out. Uh, originally, it was supposed to be a private member's bill presented by Nicole, Nicole Goring. She has a private member's bill available, and... Uh, thanks to our local MLAs and the cabinet ministers, she was decided she was willing to present on conversion therapy. We have been in contact with Minister Hoffman. She's the health minister's office. And according to a spokesperson, they are now considering presenting it as government legislation and not just a private member's bill. So we'll find out together. <laughs> I'm taking my rare opportunity to ask a question. What about our own... Um, member of Parliament here in Lethbridge. She's not always super keen to see our faces. 
<laughs> um, it's been really difficult. Yeah, she's not responded to the emails that were sent out or any requests. However, we highly encourage you to reach out to her and express your interest in her supporting legislation for this. She did sponsor a gun rights bill that got something like 86,000 signatures, and so our low-key goal over here is to have more signatures than that to prove that gays are more important than guns in Canada. Uh, but we do not expect any support from, uh, from Rachel Harder. We have had folks from the Conservative Party reach out to us in support and are doing opposition research on how we can legislate it through the Justice Committee. So even though Harder is not keen on this, the Conservative Party is interested. Mary Shillington, again, I was going to ask you to repeat the, um, the petition website, but I found it on McKillop's What's Happening. So if you're needing it off your email, uh, it's on, uh, on McKillop United Church website, https colon dash dash petitions dot our commons. I had not got, got it when you said it, so uh, I thought it better. Maybe others might not have got it too. Once again, if it's easier to, to find, you can just Google our commons e-petitions, load that page, search conversion therapy, and then sign it from there. It takes you under two to three minutes. They'll send you a verification email and you click verify. So very straightforward. Excellent. So in closing, Jen and Devin, would you like to present your own question to the audience to take home with them to ponder or um, just a, another point? Uh, we really, Devin and I have done a lot of talks, media, et cetera, and we always appreciate the opportunity to talk more about this issue. We campaign for this because it is something that is clearly very important and very personal. So we're extremely grateful to SACPA for hosting us and for everybody showing up and listening. And hopefully you do go home, sign that petition, send your letters, and, and, and have these conversations with your friends and communities. Um, Michaelip has been amazing in this campaign and they've been really supportive. So we just need more of that momentum and more people doing the work. And I'll, I'll add to that. We've, we've seen a lot of support from churches. As we said, this isn't about religion. This is about protecting queer youth. Um, we have churches in Toronto showing the, the movie that was mentioned, Boy Erased, uh, with the, the author of that story. They're uh, pushing the petition. We've got McKillop here, and it's, it's just great to see so many members of all walks of life come together to, to do the right thing. So yeah, thanks again for having us. Thank you.